every election ever. And beer. We're back. We are back. It's Eddie been a while. Zipper. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing well, Matt. We're good. How are you? Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. It's excellent to be back talking the election of 1840 tonight. I'm so excited about this one. One of Eddie's favorites. It is, and he said it's going to be the best election ever, so oh, no pressure. So, Eddie, is this your favorite? <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So the real question is, is what teaser is Scott going to nail this time? Yeah, because I never get tired of it. For that. those of you that didn't tune in last time, Scott was able to pull out one of the obscure facts of why the Derringer, why... Two Derringers misfired on Andy Jackson in the first ever recorded assassination attempt on a president. Go back and listen to that episode. And, he, and by the Smithsonian's account, they were stumped. The I whole time. was correct. The Smithsonian Institute was stumped for months, and they called me. And Scott solved it in two minutes. <laughs> Hurrah! Did you say months? Yeah, it was over a hundred years. Okay, months, well, I, years, I, maybe whatever. The Smithsonian wasn't talking about it the whole time. Yeah, they probably had other stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to beers. Are Let's we having <laughs> what, what beers are we having, Eddie? Uh, you want to go first? You're not even going to believe what I have. I have a Woodchuck hard cider. Well, were they out of Zima? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I respect that choice. <laughs> well, I'm this here. is go for it. The hard cider election. I had no other choice. I mean, I, I respect it personally. Uh, Matt's drinking a white claw. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. Come on now. I'm. I'm actually having a crisp apple hard cider by angry by angry orchard i'm very pissed that you're making fun of me so i'm angry i'm having an angry orchard tonight <laughs> and, and i'm not drinking anything that is it's citrusy it's a citrus it's a citrus beer it's by highland brewing Asheville, north carolina the next stop on the brewery tour it's called star chaser white uh it's a bright citrus spice very close to a cider it's, it's close. As close as scott yeah. will, it's as close as scott will get yeah i'm not i'm not really a you know a, a cider drinker per se but yeah I despise cider, but but uh, there was no other choice for the 1840 election. It had to be ciders. You know, I've been thinking about opening up one of my Harris Porters, mixing it with the cider, and oh. having, like, cutting the cider like that. Well, Eddie, since you demanded that I drink cider for this election, I went ahead and went with it. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm sure it was so hard to convince you. It was tough. I, I, I tweeted you. I was like. I was like, hey, man, uh, I think we all need to drink ciders for this election. You're like, sweet. I know. I think I sent a little gif of a schoolgirl cheering (laughs) with excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She's saying, I have so many I can recommend to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it tastes like apple juice. If you like apple juice, you will like woodchuck hard cider. This episode not brought to you by Woodchuck Hard Cider. As we were as we were walking downstairs, my five year old looks at Matt and passes him her sippy cup. Yeah, says her... you'll need this. You used it last time. <laughs> that joke never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the election? Let's do it. Let's do it. Eighteen forty. Eighteen forty. This is an important election. Let's quit screwing around. All right, let's do it. First Whig convention. Remember, they didn't have a convention last time. This time they have a Whig national convention. 
and it is the first brokered convention in history. I believe it's decided on the fifth ballot. Eddie, true or false, the wigs actually wore wigs at the convention. False. That's the 40-year-old virgin question. Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? (laughs) (laughs) They are W-H-I-G. There you go, people. I I took the bullet for you on that one. They're not an actual wig-wearing party. They're called the wigs because they're fighting against the king, just like the British who fought against the king were the Whigs, and then when we fought against the, you know, in the American Revolution, they were the Whigs versus the Tories. So I guess if you like Andrew Jackson, you're automatically a Tory. If you don't like him, you get to be a Whig. Ah. So they had a convention, and it obviously was not a unanimous vote. Right. Okay, so... William Henry Harrison was crushing it. He was doing good. He was in first place, but it wasn't enough votes to get the nomination because there's two other guys that he's splitting the vote with. One of them is a pretty famous general named Winfield Scott, and Winfield Scott wrote a letter supporting abolition. One of the Whigs got hold of that letter, so he brings it after several ballots— He brings it out onto the convention floor, and he just drops the letter and lets the delegates find it. It's a letter supporting abolitionists, you know, making him look like an abolitionist, which at this time makes them think, "Uh uh-oh, that's not the wig that we like. Yeah, at that time it was not not a great thing to be. Right, I mean, you couldn't do it, and this is actually going to be true Right up until the Civil War, which is that if you are going to come out against slavery, you're going to lose all of the South. And they have extra electoral votes because of the Three-Fifths Compromise. If you throw away the South by being pro-abolition, you're just done. I really want to ask a question about the Three-Fifths Compromise, but I'm going to I'm going to refrain because Do that it. would be a whole— So you said they have more votes because of the Three-Fifths Compromise. Actually— they would have had way more without it. The South? Yes. If if they got it if they got it their way, they would have wanted every slave to count as a vote. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean if it had been the yeah. if they'd have counted every slave, it would have been Which is what in, they were pushing for, so without the compromise, they would have actually had more vote. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So yes, without the compromise, but I was thinking of without the compromise, the North winning the question of slavery and those who are an enslaved part of an enslaved population counting as zero towards the South, not as one. Right, which would have made the, the South much less powerful. But think about it the other way, right? If they would have gotten their yeah. way, the South, they would have been much more yeah, powerful. Yeah, you're 100% for much correct about that. You're yeah. 100% correct. Okay, slight detour. All right, so Scott loses the votes. That puts uh, William Henry Harrison over the top on about the fifth ballot. Nobody's crazy excited about William Henry Harrison. No, but it's always a good thing when Scott loses. I know. The as, vote. Soon, as soon as you said Scott lost the vote, <laughs> I knew that that was going to be the next joke. I yeah. smiled and chuckled. I'm so predictable. All I've got are dad jokes. That's all I've got left. <laughs> so remember that we have the Panic of 1837, and lots of people lost money there. And so Van Buren's presidency is not going swimmingly. Right, the economy is not recovered. Lots of people 
in a very worse position because of Martin Van Buren. So, you know, some of the newspapers support Martin Van Buren. Some of them uh, support the Whigs. So somebody who writes for a newspaper who supports Martin Van Buren decides to attack William Henry Harrison for his age because William Henry Harrison is 67 years old. That's pretty old to be running for president. Is this before or after he's won the nomination? Is this after? This is after he's won the nomination. Okay. And by the way, not not to interrupt you, but let's remember he he was pretty relevant in some past episodes and and pretty much a decorated war hero as a governor and then also fought, I guess fought a lot of the Native American tribes at one point, right? Yes, yes. Remember Tecumseh. Yeah. You can't. Oh, man, that was the thing I left out of the election of 1836, which was the really important thing about the election of 1836, which was that's the only election in history where the Senate has chosen the vice president. Oh, really? Yes, the Senate had to choose the vice president because he couldn't get enough electoral votes. Van Buren's running mate. That's a guy named Richard Mentor Johnson. Lost to history. Oh, man, he's going to be much more important in the election of 1840 than he was in the election of 1836. So I guess it's fine that I forgot to say it, but we'll hear about him now. Yeah, so he's been Martin Van Buren's running mate. He's allegedly the guy who actually killed Tecumseh. William Henry Harrison is the guy who fought the battle uh, and won the Battle of the Thames, which is where Tecumseh died. But Richard Mentor Johnson is allegedly the guy who actually did the killing of Tecumseh. Also, it's going to be important to remember that William Henry Harrison was victorious at another battle. You remember the prophet? Yeah, absolutely. That's Tecumseh's brother. <laughs> yeah, Tecumseh's brother. The fight that they had at Tippy Canoe. Yeah, I remember that. Pick any of your friends. You go and ask a friend if they've ever heard of William Henry Harrison. And maybe they have. I mean, a lot of smart people will have heard of William Henry Harrison. Uh, so you ask them, what do you know about Henry Har- William Henry Harrison? Maybe they'll say he's he was president. I guarantee you, people know almost nothing beyond that about William Henry Harrison. Right. But if you then ask them, have you ever heard the campaign slogan, Tippy Canoe and Tyler too? They will have heard it before, and they will be more familiar with Tippy Canoe and Tyler too than they are with the name William Henry Harrison, which means the slogan of this election outlasts the name of the person who wins the election. Somebody was a brilliant, brilliant marketer. Oh, man. You don't even know the half of it. So I was talking about this guy. He's he's supporting Martin Van Buren, and he writes this article, and he says in the article, oh, William Henry Harrison, he's so old. He's just an old man. He's an old granny. They draw him, like, in granny's clothes because he's, like, as old as your grandma. <laughs> and he writes... Give him a barrel of hard cider and settle a pension of 2000 a year on him. And my word for it, he will sit the remainder of his days in his log cabin by the side of his sea coal fire and study 
moral philosophy. So just ply him with cider, and he won't even want to be president. Well, this is a classist joke. This is a joke to say that he's poor. He's like a poor person. A poor person would live in a log cabin and drink hard cider. He's a deplorable. I knew you two were elitist from from the beginning because I'm the cider guy, a man of the people. (laughs) (laughs) It was an elitist thing to say. And sometimes when people are elitists, they don't know that they're elitists, and they don't know that it's not very nice to say that people are lesser because they live in a log cabin and drink hard cider. That sounds like the guy that came up with deplorables for Hillary Clinton. And this guy probably, you know, he just wrote this, didn't even think about it. Sounds like the elite media to me. This election is called... The log cabin and cider election. Sounds delicious. Everything going forward is going to be about log cabins and hard cider. It's crazy. I I, I have this friend who's a professor. He's actually, he's in my bowling league. And one day. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> first off, first off, my, my man Eddie knows how to party. Clearly. <laughs> He's drinking beer and, and laying it down in the lanes. Tell baby. me, Eddie, please, God, tell me you guys have a uniform. No. Oh. Okay. But, man, I, I am would. so I would. disappointed. Go fund me. I would wear it. Go absolutely we gotta work go on that. fund me. So how many people are on your team? Four, right? Three. We can't go Three? any further until we name this team. Does your team have a name? See, I was thinking Mount Strikemore would do. be perfect. We do have a name. Okay, uh, we will it? be the deciders if this is a good enough name. What is the name of the, of the, the bowling league? Bowling team. The Turkey Hunters. Oh, uh. no. No! No! That's what a did delicious you, what did you pun! Say? Mount, I said Ma- Mount Strikemore. Mount Strikemore is solid. Yeah, I like Mount Strikemore. That is, that is solid. Yeah. Mine is a pun. Yeah, we get it. We know what a turkey is. Mount Strikemore, that, that's not a pun. <laughs> Mount Strikemore is good. It is good. I do like Mount Strikemore. All right, carry on. All right, so this other professor on my bowling league, he sees me, and I'm sitting there at the bowling alley reading uh, a biography of William Henry Harrison like you do. Oh, my God. (laughs) We are here to pick up women. (laughs) How do do they not get their ass kicked in this bowling alley? Oh, my God. That's so great. What bowling alley is this? Hey, can I get you a beer and a pack of smokes? Yeah, maybe after I finish this biography of William Henry Harrison. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't let us interrupt you. Yeah, no kidding. Back to bowling. All right, yeah, let's get back. I was just going to make that exact same joke. Let's get back to bowling. All right. Um, so uh, we're at the bowling alley. Professor, Another professor in the league comes up to me. He says, you're reading a book about William Henry Harrison. I was like, yeah, it's really interesting. I said, what do you know about him? He said, well, I, I know that he lived in a log cabin. He's playing right into your hands, Eddie. This is not true. This is a piece of total BS propaganda that lived so long 
that a really smart guy on my bowling league who's a professor of political science still thinks that William Henry Harrison lived in a log cabin. Which well, until you, you educated him, he did. I said, actually, he did not live in a log cabin. He lived in a giant mansion, which happened to be the, the very first brick house ever built in the Indiana Territory. And it's a mansion. He, he lived in the, in the first brick mansion, dummy. Like, I've always found if you, if you add dummy at the end, people love that. Uh, yeah, dummy. yeah, dummy. But then the guy's like, "Shut up and bowl zipper." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy is a little bigger than anybody I would ever call dummy. And also, uh, just you know, on the off chance that he listens to our podcast, I will say that he is an extremely knowledgeable person <laughs> and very, very smart. He's the department head, I isn't mean, he? And I'm not laughing Obviously. because it's not true. I'm laughing because Eddie's totally backpedaling yeah. right now. <laughs> Obviously, it was a swing and a miss on that one thing, but, I mean, that happens probably to everybody every day. Yeah, everybody's entitled to a strike. That's right. But I'm cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get lots of strikes, but they're not baseball strikes. Yep. They're bowling strikes. That, oh, was the, oh. that was the pun that I made, and oh. I don't believe Eddie you anyway. Eddie, drop the mic. Pick up the mic, Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> so this thing starts, and people start talking about log cabins and hard cider, and they're pissed off because who is this snotty newspaper guy who's dissing on people who live in log cabins and drink hard cider? And this becomes the log cabin and hard cider election. And it is just, it is just ridiculous. Harrison has literally never lived in a log cabin in his entire life. I mean, William Henry Harrison's grandfather is a signer of the Declaration of Independence. That's he pretty awesome. Known nothing, yeah, he has known nothing but the elite life. So why is this guy trying to paint him as, as some poor, unintelligent person? Because that's what he thinks is a mean thing to say about somebody. Gotcha. You see, that's what that's what elitist d bags are like. They think <laughs> that they think that that's like a stone cold diss if you say like, "Oh, he doesn't have any Armani ties. Uh, he wears suits from <laughs> from Men's Warehouse." Yeah, he's, you he's know, a Joseph like, A. Bank poor. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of us who own one suit and that's where it's from, we're like. Hey, you know. Yeah. By the way, we love Men's Warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this election becomes about vote for William Henry Harrison because of two things. There are no issues in this election. There is only the fact that William Henry Harrison lives in a log cabin, a lie that a very smart person believes 200 years later, there's no issues. There's only vote for William Henry Harrison because he lives in a log cabin and he drinks hard cider. Can I ask you this question? So the guy that made this up, right, was he a Martin Van Buren supporter or was he a yes. supporter of another? So he was a Van Buren supporter. 
Yes, he was a Van Buren supporter. He thought he was ripping on the guy by by saying he lived in a log cabin and drank hard cider. That's what people think is a diss, man. They think you're cheap, you're trash. Yeah, it would be like a candidate calling half the country deplorable. It's essentially the same thing. Hey, she only called a quarter of the country deplorable. Okay, so either way, but she. But then the quarter, the the other quarter was related to the act. To that's that quarter, true. You know, they they know people that are that are that quarter. Oh man, I don't know how you drink that cider. I just finished mine. It was so gross. It Listen, was like the the best straight up apple juice. The bre- the best drag of an apple cider is when it's so cold it hurts, and it's the first drink, and then after that it gets progressively towards piss. He just okay. So Matt just finished his smile on his face. Two finger wagged the empty can in my face, like "Lucky hair, it's done." I love that, and I'm about to crush it on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're about to crush. You're about to crush your forehead on that can. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> Let's get back to politics. Yeah. You're losing this. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody the truth, which is that. We're recording two episodes in a row tonight, so this is our second beer. Oh, whoa. And that explains a lot. Not for you day drinkers. We're, we're all two <laughs> beard, man. At least two so, beers in. So Matt, who doesn't drink beer, typically is two beers in, and I may get lucky before he leaves. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw your bidet in there. You got a good shot. Listen, guys, I have a bidet. Oh my god, really? I have I have an office. I have an off downstairs office where I do all of my work, and I have a I have a bathroom in my office. If you if you pours out there have not found the Lux One Twenty personal bidet, I don't know why you people don't do this. You save so much money in in toilet paper. <laughs> This is going to be used against Scott in the next election, Eddie. <laughs> I'd be cool if you actually cut this. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> uh, it has to stay. This yeah. part has to stay. Oh. So, anyway... This thing goes viral. The only way that something can go viral in 1840, which is by word of mouth. And so it goes viral, and the log cabin and hard cider become the only issues of the election. Everybody wants William Henry Harrison to become president because he drinks hard cider and he lives in a log cabin. Neither of those things are true. He does not live in a log cabin. He lives in a mansion. He does not drink hard cider. Ever. He rarely drinks at all, but when he drinks, he drinks whiskey. He doesn't drink hard cider. It's completely absurd for William Henry Harrison to run on loving hard cider. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's like... Shut up, Eddie. It's, it's so untrue. It's like if Matt ran for president on not liking hard cider. Which we knew would be a lie. <laughs> I'm Matt Webb, and I hate hard cider. <laughs> so they spend, like, literally millions of dollars, their dollars, on building log cabins. And they have these gigantic hard cider parades where people drink hard cider and they and the parade ends at a log cabin that they've built 
I mean, it's just, it's completely ridiculous. They write hundreds and hundreds of songs about three things. Log cabins, hard ciders, and Van Buren is terrible. See, Van Buren is really in bad shape because, you know, the Panic of 1837 is making people not like him too much, but he asks Congress for about $3,000 to fix up the White House. This is not rare. Literally everybody who has been president so far has asked Congress for money to fix the White House in certain ways. But this guy... Charles Ogle seizes upon it, and he makes this speech in Congress, and he talks about what's in the White House, and it is just, it's called the Golden Plate Speech. It is the most brutal character assassination ever. He goes room by room through the White House and talks about what's in it, and he says, oh, Morton Van Buren and his French furniture. He's got the place full of French furniture. He's got a little dish that he dips his fingers in to clean them off after he eats. Oh, he couldn't stand the wallpaper, so he had to have new European wallpaper so that it would be fashionable. You know, he's probably, like, got a bidet. That <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. I knew that's where you're going. I was trying to you jump in there. Bitch. I was sitting <laughs> right there on that. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, I got one for you. Uh, the Smithsonian couldn't figure this out, but maybe Scott can. Oh, let's do it. Why is all that furniture in the White House French? Do you think it's because Martin Van Buren is just a francophile elitist buying a bunch of stuff off ebay and having it shipped from france (laughs) Uh, i would say that it's probably because they gave it to us it's a gift it's a good guess that's a good guess here's what happened go back to the war of 1812 english burned down the white house remember yep uh after that monroe became president monroe had spent much time as a diplomat in France. Remember the Louisiana Purchase? I do. So Monroe owns a lot of furniture from France. So when the White House burns down and then it's rebuilt, Monroe, being the great guy that he is, you know I'm a huge fan of Monroe. Yeah. He furnishes the White House with his own personal furniture. No kidding. And it is from France. Oh, so you actually were kind of right. It was a gift. It was just from Monroe, not not the country of France. Oh, yes, yes. It's a gift from Monroe. It's a gift from Merca. Merca. That's right. <laughs> so the entire, the entire country just becomes on fire for log cabins. This is the first time ever in American history that elections become entertainment. And this election seeps into pop culture. It becomes all of popular culture. People aren't scared by it like they were with the election of 1800 or other really nasty elections, 1828. People aren't scared by it. This is what they're doing for fun. Somebody says, 
my God, it's like every man, woman, and child in this country is suddenly interested in politics and nothing else. That's a change. It's crazy. And they love William Henry Harrison. So they start to, the Harrison campaign just starts to market this like crazy. I read this unbelievably good book about the election of 1840. And I don't know if anybody takes my book recommendations or not when I say to read the books. They should. I'm guessing that nobody reads them. But there is a book called The Carnival Campaign. The entire book's about the election of 1840, and it is is a book about history where you couldn't possibly be disinterested for a single second. It's amazing. Matt really enjoys those pick-your-own-ending books. (laughs) (laughs) Choose your own adventure. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Do you want Andy Jackson to live or die? (laughs) (laughs) Live, live! Turn to page seven. All right, so William Henry Harrison's campaign just starts marketing this. Pictures of log cabins everywhere. Like I said, giant parades that end at a log cabin. A hard cider is the big thing. They start swilling everybody with hard cider. Really, as the British would say, they're taking a piss at this guy that wrote all this at that point. Yes. They're just making fun of the fact that, you know, he's going he's gonna to come out with something this stupid to pin on a candidate, and they're just going to own it. Yeah, he becomes he becomes the candidate of the people because Martin Van Buren is this aristocratic finger dipping bidet using he puts perfume on his sideburns, they call him Sandy Whiskers. Sweet, sweet Sandy Whiskers. I couldn't believe it when I read that. I thought I was the only guy putting perfume on my sideburns, <laughs> but it turns out it's very common among the elites. He's the opposite of a man of the people, clearly. Yes. Sandy. Now, a Whig state lawmaker met a woman at a ball, and they bonded over their support for Harrison. And uh, they eventually got together. And one night, that lady's sister offers the Whig lawmaker a glass of sherry, which he refuses. And she says, if it were hard cider... And we were toasting Harrison, you would be all about it. And the guy says, you're right. For I myself was brought up in a log cabin and raised on hard cider. I mean, everybody was at that point. That's right. Unlike Harrison, this guy literally actually was raised in a log cabin and there was really hard cider there. But... Like Harrison, he too would become president of the United States. And that man was Abraham Lincoln. No way. Listen, I, you're not going to you, believe it. You're you not, called it. I was making faces at you. And it, here's what I wanted to say. There had to be a point where this guy wrote this thing about Harrison living in a log cabin, thinking it was uncool. And the first thought that came to my mind is, because, I mean, think about Lincoln Logs and all that kind of stuff. By the time we get around to Lincoln, he actually wears that as a badge of honor. The fact that he's from there. I mean, that's all. That's one of the first things you hear about Lincoln, is that he was a frontiersman that lived in a log cabin. Yeah. It became a popular thing. I can tell right now, he carried this. 
he carried the marketing of William Henry Harrison's campaign about living in a cabin and being from a cabin as a badge of honor in his election. I mean, he had to have done that. I think the most important thing about it is that now I feel like Paul Harvey. <laughs> now you know. And now you know the rest of the story. Good Paul day. Harvey. Good day. <laughs> Damn it. I wish I would have said that sooner. Oh, man, I'm so glad you did. And I'd have been so pissed if you'd have ruined my Paul Harvey moment. Which I didn't want to steal your thunder. I, sp- I specifically wrote that out so that I could... So that I could deliver the beautiful ending where it's Abraham Lincoln and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for not saying it. Thank you for not saying it. Scott has proven that you knew by saying that you indicated to him that you knew. We know that Scott would not give you credit for anything that you did not earn. Absolutely God, no. not. So one thing that they do, like, uh, what's really weird about this is that they start to, yeah, everything about this campaign becomes about the common man. Even though, like, Harrison just ran, he had nothing to say about the common man, but now this time he does because it just exploded on its own. So uh, they're taking as much advantage of that as they can. They start a newspaper called The Log Cabin, and The Log Cabin is the first ever newspaper that is just about the presidential campaign. And it only supports William Henry Harrison, of course. Thurlow Weed is the backer of this paper. He's the head of the Whig political machine. And uh, this paper runs all kinds of pro-Harrison stuff. One of the things they constantly do is print songs for people to sing. And everybody sings these damn songs everywhere. These songs are so ubiquitous. It's insane. People go to Martin Van Buren events, and in the middle of the Martin Van Buren event, they start singing these songs. It leads to tons of fist fights. God, I would love to have seen this. <laughs> I would have loved oh, to have seen crazy. this. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, and never before that I think that I would be interested in getting in a time machine going back to 1840. It's going to be like somebody this. wearing a MAGA hat to a Bernie Sanders rally or something. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Very similar. I would love to have seen this. Thurlow Weed says to uh, the editor of The Log Cabin, because he's the one funding it, he says, quit running these stupid songs. And the editor of The Log Cabin says, okay, I'll do that if you want, but every time... We run a new song, we get 200 new subscribers. Wow. Guess That's what we're doing. all people want to do is sing these damn songs, and they're, they're stupid. But everybody loves them, and everyone is singing everywhere. And I think Matt has a clip of one of them for us. Oh, yeah. You, you still got it pulled all off? Right, no, I've got one. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear what these songs sound like. You're going to love this, this by is the a, way. Like a, this song has like 12 verses, by the way. I'm looking we're not going to play all 12. You're going to love it, by the way, because my kids actually screamed and said, turn that off as soon as I played it the first time today. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, wait. That 
That my, really gets you pumped up. My God, it? I, the hair on the back of my neck standing up. I'm really, to, I'm ready to run through a wall for this yeah. guy. <laughs> Let's get it on. That's horrible. That's horrible. What is that? They love. You know what that is, Eddie? That's like my eight-year-old and my five-year-old getting together and making up songs. (laughs) They all rhyme. They all have like they they have three note melodies to it. That's fan flipping awesome. Oh man, they're all like that. They're just. Absolute super crap, every single one of them. So America, from the very beginning, has been has been begging for the internet. Horrible taste in music. <laughs> has been begging for good stuff, better than they had. Because if that's what they had, I mean, I, I, I have no words. That's so bad. Ladies and gentlemen out there, we're not going to do two episodes again. <laughs> Together. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, this has been incredibly enlightening because yeah. going back to to the to the real story here is it fair to say that with the whole log cabin slash cider event that became this election it seems as if middle america draws together and, and finds its voice like the common man finds its voice yeah it's not a very good voice no i didn't say that but they but they do find a voice I mean, they want to hand it to the guy that they're blaming the panic on, and man, do they ever do it. And, you know, what's great about this and and awful at the same time is that everything that the Whigs do in this election, every tactic that they use was invented by Martin Van Buren. He invented all of this. And then they used it against him. So he's just getting, he's, he's being ruined, but so is that party is being ruined. He was, yeah. a, he was a great tactician, but never someone who should have been out front, probably. Yeah, he's your Carl Rove type character. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, because this election is in pop culture, all the companies start to seize on it. And they start to brand all their stuff, Tippy Canoe Shaving Cream. And it's got a picture of William Henry Harrison on it. And you go and you buy the shaving cream because it's Tippy Canoe Shaving Cream with William Henry Harrison's face on it. And every other product you can imagine, you can go get a William Henry Harrison old Tippy Canoe version of it. It had to have been one of the first times that a contemporary celebrity was used for endorsement type stuff or definitely a contemporary president yeah it was an endorsement yeah so what do we need to know about the actual election was this a blowout i mean is there any anything else that plays into this besides the whole log cabin insider thing oh my gosh i got so much more they the democrats attacked his health and his mental competency they said he's too old and so for the first time ever in american history Harrison goes and he gets a doctor to write a letter saying that he's in absolutely perfect, perfect uh, health. So it's the first physical for a president to make sure that he passes the test. Yep, 100%. Now he's So he's way older still than Van Buren? He's 67, so yeah, he's a good bit. 
Um, he'll be the oldest person ever elected president until Ronald Reagan. Wow, he lasted a long time with that with that moniker. Yeah. And then Reagan will be the oldest person ever elected president until Donald Trump. And if it's not Trump this time, it's likely to be somebody older, right? Could, could be, could be. So Harrison also gave the first direct campaign speech for president ever. Normally it's stumping. And there were lots of people out there stumping for Harrison, most notably Abraham Lincoln, who is a Whig right now, but later he's going to change parties. You're going to see that when the Whig party grabs another group of people and becomes the GOP. Let's see. Oh, they get this guy named Bear the Blacksmith. He's Joe the Plumber. But he makes (laughs) a speech at an event, and they like it so much, they have Bear the Blacksmith go and speak all over the country about Harrison. And the Democrats in the media just start to try to smear him with total lies. It's a mess. It's exactly what happened with Joe the Plumber and John McCain, if you it's remember just 2008. Like yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like it. It was the really the first doxing that I remember. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another first. This has the first ever October surprise, which is that government workers were hired to go around New York and vote for Whigs all over in every precinct and— the indictment comes down in October. Van Buren's DOJ holds it until October. Another thing that happens, the Harrison supporters, who are singing all these songs all the time, they have these Whig newspapers. The Whig newspapers tell them um, that there's a conspiracy that Martin Van Buren, if he loses the election, isn't going to give up the presidency. He's going to stay put and try to fraud William Henry Harrison out of the election. And who was that that was spreading that, the media? Yeah, it was all over the newspapers that this was going to happen, and the Harrison supporters believe it. Um, You know, this— has happened lots of times, even though lots of people said in 2016 nothing like that has ever happened before. It's actually happened lots and lots of times, but 1840 is one of those times. It happened in 1800, it happened in 1828, it happened in 1840. So using fear as um, an election strategy too, clearly, which is yeah. the, the fear that if you, you've got to vote this guy out because he's, he's a power-hungry person who's going to stay in power no matter what. One hundred percent. Yep. Uh, so it's a blowout. Van Buren gets destroyed. Um, William Henry Harrison wins like like two hundred and something electoral votes, and Van Buren wins like sixty. That's got to be so, so tough for you, Eddie. I mean, your one of your favorite guys is a one hit wonder. Yeah, I know. Like. 234 to 60. Harrison beats Van Buren. Van Buren becomes the disappointing third term of a larger-than-life two-termer, mm-hmm. which right. happens. After this crazy campaign, and I didn't even talk about Tyler, and but he's the Tyler 2 and Tippy Canoe and Tyler 2. 
just this absolutely ridiculous campaign. Like I told you, William Henry Harrison is the first one who got a physical because they told us that he was too old to be president. He was sick. He's uh, lost his mental faculties, all these things. So he gets the doctor to write a note. So he ends up winning. He goes and makes his inauguration speech. It's an 8,000-word inauguration speech. It's the longest one so far in presidential history. It's cold. It's raining. He gets pneumonia. He's dead within the month. Wow. Yeah, this long, outrageous campaign, and then he's dead within a month. That's that's really interesting, though, because I and I'm sure you've read books to this effect, but what happens had he not made this speech that long? I mean, he's all this buildup to be a person that's almost as big in stature as like an Andrew Jackson. He's definitely a rebound from Martin Van Buren as far as personality and personable and a man of the people, and he's dead within a month. I'll tell you, I don't really believe it was caused by the rain. I think that's just a great story. Personally, I don't know. Every single Whig ever elected president is going to die in office. Ooh, so like almost like a, a jinxed party. Yeah, it does seem like that. Or, you know, murder. Oh, Ooh, yeah. No, not really. I just made that up for, I just made it up for the ratings, man. Yeah, I think we should blame the Masons. Yes, yes. Yeah. Especially since the Whig Party absorbed the anti-Masons. So what else we got? I think that's everything in my notes here. You, I never thought yeah. looking into in, into all of these, you know, 45 presidents, that this would be one that would interest me, you know, after having not been introduced to it at all. This was actually really interesting. Wide has a wide-ranging influence on, on America. Hmm. It's the most epic campaign of all time there's hundreds of those songs yeah and couple that with it's probably the least epic presidency ever it's gotta be i mean what what could you accomplish in a month other than trying to get better yeah he didn't do anything his biggest accomplishment was look how long the inaugural speech is yeah i mean that's really all he did while being president well, Matt, where can our viewers get us on social media? Listen, find us on social media. It's a good follow. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Election and Beer. We're also on Facebook, Election and Beer. Follow Eddie. He's at Eddie Zipper. Follow us. We're at WPolitik on Twitter. We both have podcasts also that you can listen to. Subscribe to this podcast. Listen to this podcast. Give us a chance. Also, recommend us to friends. We appreciate it. Eddie Zipper, the good, the good professor, thank you again for joining us. Awesome job. Hey, thank you, guys. It's that been was a great fun. One. Yeah, it was a great, great election, great episode. Next time, the election of 1844. Four. Join us next time. 